broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on the Midtown Business Radio Show. Thanks for making us a part of your day again today. We really appreciate everybody who takes time to check out the experts that we host on the show every week. And we're really pleased about the mission that we get to serve, giving the, the media airwaves away to, uh, to the business community here in Atlanta, uh, all these companies that are serving other businesses. We love to be able to give them access to a media outlet where they can come and tell their story, share about the solutions that they provide, and we don't make them pay to do it. So we're really excited about that. And I've got somebody that was with me a few months ago on one of my early shows when I was still very much a newbie owning the studio. Uh, J.R. McNair with uh, Pitch the Crowd and uh, Georgia Crowdfund is going to be talking about those new solutions. But when he was here last time, he was talking about business service pros. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's been in a little bit of everything, you name it. Played a little football, wrestled a little bit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> brought a couple of people with you. That's right. That's Why don't you right. introduce us to the guest you brought with us today, J.R.? Most definitely, most definitely. I brought with me, uh, across from me, uh, Eminent Mason. Um, she has a wonderful nonprofit organization uh, that deals with uh, entrepreneurship, youth, and the sort. Uh, Eminent's here. Uh, we have Deontay uh, Trundle here with the Indie Film Loop, and he's doing some great things uh, in and around film and showcasing the people behind the films here, doing some projects, so actually with the 48-hour film festival. Mm -hmm. And to my left, we have Mr. Mark Kano with uh, Georgia Cosmetology Educators. And uh, he's making a lot of good things happen and getting ready to open up two great uh, cosmetology schools, um, uh, uh, Redkin Base, right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, I'm really pleased to have you back in the studio. So take me through what we're doing here now with uh, the Pitch the Crowd and uh, the, you know, the, the Georgia Crowd Fund. Well, most definitely. Uh, since the last time uh, we met, I have uh, had an opportunity to write a couple books and uh, during that time, I wanted to uh, get into two things back uh, uh, a couple years ago, and one of them was uh, technology. I got in some uh, app companies. The other one was dealing in the film industry, and so we actually put together a uh, a a television show called Pitch the Crowd where we actually showcase various businesses, some of them from the nonprofit sector, some of them from the rewards base, maybe going on Kickstarter, and some of them that would be going through the Invest Georgia exemption uh, um, to actually raise equity crowdfunding for their companies. And um, uh, the Georgia Crowdfund was started at the beginning of this year to actually raise awareness about equity-based crowdfunding and actually Invest Georgia exemption and raising awareness of the businesses that want to raise money uh, through the general public uh, through uh, crowdfunding. So how does that relationship work? If I'm if I come on the show and I get s selected someone and chooses to invest in me, how does that how does that relationship work? What what's that like? Well, it, it really kind of depends. If if you're a, if you're a nonprofit organization, we typically tell the nonprofits to go on a crowd rise, which is a good uh, nonprofit uh, crowdfunding um, uh, platform to help them actually raise money through the crowd. Um, if you're uh, like a D with the uh, Indie Film Loop and you're trying to do something for another specific project that's more social based, we'll tell you to go through uh, like Kickstarter, which is one of the best platforms for the social base. Mark, on the other hand, is 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 one of the uh, equity-based uh, crowdfunding companies, and we have um, various platforms, acquire different things of that nature where you can go and actually start acquiring um, and, and bringing on investors into your company on that end. And so if I'm a business owner, say like uh, using Mark as an example, I would assume you're, you're it's a for-profit business that you're operating. Absolutely, yes. And so when we talk about equity-based crowdfunding, how, if I'm an owner, how much equity am I giving away to uh, to secure funding? Well, that all really depends. That's the great thing. You know, the Secretary of State actually put something in place uh, through the Securities Division um, actually a couple of years ago, and we, were, as Georgia, were some of the actually groundbreakers to make a lot of this happen, and all the other states kind of followed suit. But uh, in, in that being said, Georgia has had more projects than all the other states combined. And so we're kind of the trailblazers. There really isn't a uh, template for it. Uh, we're kind of figuring it out kind of as we go, kind of really laying out uh, kind of um, uh, um, uh, the things as we go. But if you want to uh, um, uh, put give somebody 10 percent, 
uh, 5%. As far as Georgia is concerned, they uh, one investor, unaccredited investor, and that's someone with, uh, with under 250000 uh, can only invest up to $10,000 per project. But you can have 1,000 people that come in and right. invest 10000 And And that's, that was one of the things I was going to ask on the crowdfunding side of things. What kind of investor participation do you have? How many folks are getting on board and saying, hey, I want to help some of the up-and-coming businesses in our community. I want to do be an investor on that kind of scale. I mean, what's your What's it looking like right now? We've, are people jumping in? Well, this is the thing. Um, I actually had the opportunity uh, to become the lead of an organization here in Atlanta that was founded actually a couple of uh, years ago called the Georgia Crowdfunding Communities. It's one of the largest crowdfunding communities on the East Coast. And there are um, uh, about five or 600 people. Some of them are businesses. Some of them are investors that actually are looking to actually invest into businesses uh, uh, that are uh, that want to get invested into. Uh, but what I've been doing is far as the Georgia crowdfund, I've been going to, I was at uh, Kennesaw State, the Edge Connection. I was there uh, speaking about and educating people on what it is. Because if you talk to 10 people on the street about crowdfunding, maybe right. one might know what it is and they might think it's like Kickstarter. But then the other ones, uh, they really don't know anything about the equity base. And that's what we're really trying to educate and get more people because it's not about angel investors or venture capital. It's actually about the crowd and trying to get the crowd interested and say, hey, look, I got $1,000. I want to invest into a, a, a company. You can do that. And so for the investor themselves, does their ownership stake, if you will, just depend as a kind of a proportion of what they're investing? So if overall the company got 100000 you kicked in. A hundred or a thousand dollars. Your that's basically as a total. Is that how your shares or your equity, if you will, that you acquire? Is that how it plays for you? It, it does. And I mean, the thing is, it's all really based on the business owner. Like Mark, for example, he sat down um, um, with uh, with his team and figured out the best scenario if if uh, for as, as far as portion valuation that he sees as far as his company. And um, you know, he has various advisors come in and say, okay, for this percentage amount we'll give them this in exchange for this, 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 and, and so on. It all really depends on the business owner. It's actually only one sheet of paper that the, uh, actually two sheets of paper that the uh, Secretary of State only requires you to have. It's, it's free actually to, to, uh, to, to, to actually be a part of the exemption and go about starting to raise money for your company immediately. Wow, that's, a, that's pretty cool. We've been talking with J.R. McNair, Pitch the Crowd, and Georgia Crowdfund, learning a little bit about how businesses can gain access to this new source of capital that's available now that um, sounds like it's a little bit simpler process and potentially gives the small business owner that may not have access to some of those big angel investors, the big venture capitalists that may not have an interest in that size of a business, um, they still have access to capital that will help them grow and achieve some things and actually turn into one of those big companies. Sure. And so talk, talk about the show. How did, how did you pull that together? And, and, oh, by the way, it's running on cable. Yeah, most definitely. Well, you know, I wanted to get into film, and so I thought about an idea, and I'm the type of person, if I think about something, I say, you know what, <laughs> let's try it. And so uh, I put together, we assembled uh, one um, or actually two presenters that are socially based, I mean, are nonprofit based um, organizations, one rewards based and one uh, equity based. And they c come on the show, they have an opportunity to present their business to the crowd that's there. And then um, um, and then we have a Q&A session with them. And then we air it on Comcast. It goes in over 720,000 homes and uh, um, on, a, on, a, on a monthly um, um, basis. And so right now, we're only going to probably be shooting one every quarter but uh but yeah it's it's airing now so how did you manage to get your show picked up so that you're going to actually air on cable well i had been uh speaking to uh some of the people from comcast for some months beforehand and we we hadn't actually uh um talked about a show specifically but i knew that i wanted to do one and uh this idea came along and i said well it's, it's no better time to do it than now let's see what happens <laughs> <laughs> well that's really really cool and so are, are these folks here that that are with you today are they basically some of the first that you've been working with most definitely uh these are three of the four presenters that presented on april 30th at opportunity hub uh rodney sampson uh, okay, earl, yeah. earl coleman and his team gave us the opportunity to actually shoot at their location on Northside Drive. Mm -hmm. And um, they're doing some great things over there, and we appreciate the opportunity to be a part. Um, also, Chuck Barlow, he's um, now the community manager at that particular location, and um, it's been great, that partnership we've had with them, and uh, we just keep going forward. Well, how does somebody get 
to be able to participate, whether it's in uh, Georgia Crowdfund or or tr you know try to get themselves positioned so that they can maybe join you on the show on pitch pitch the crowd. Most definitely, you can go uh, to either uh, info at pitchthecrowd.com or info at gacrowdfund.org or our uh, Twitter is actually uh, 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 pitch the crowd at um, pitch the crowd TV. Um, so you can uh, check us out there and, you know, send something in, let us know, send us some information. We'll check you out. And if, you know, you meet, meet what we're looking for, we'll get you on. Well, talk about that real quick. What, what, when does it make sense for, say, for a business owner like Mark to think uh, maybe I should look at getting some in investment dollars from uh, a source like this? I mean, what sorts of capital needs make it make sense? Well, it all really depends. You can actually only be looking to raise 20000 50000 or several millions of dollars. I mean, well, um, and, and, and so that all really depends on what you're kind of looking for. Sometimes I actually like people to kind of go through a, a, uh, a social-based uh, crowdfunding platform to kind of see about, you know, how they're actually presenting and pitching their business to the masses through something like a Kickstarter. Uh, um, some businesses don't qualify to go on Kickstarter because of the way that they set it up. But if you can go that route, then say, okay, now I'm ready for equity. Or, or, like, or like Mark, in his case, say, you know, listen, we're already ready. We have it. I'm ready to go. We want to offer this right now. Let's go. So it all really depends on where you're trying to go and, and how much you're trying to raise. Uh, and, and, and really right now, it's, it's, it's all kind of unfolding as, 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 as we um, do it. Well, go ahead and introduce me to uh, to your folks here. That you were wanting to chat with Eminette a little bit about what she's doing, so let's let's jump in there. Okay, yeah, uh, Eminette's doing some great things um, over uh, uh, in uh, DeKalb County, really all throughout uh, Metro Atlanta, yes. and she does a lot of things with entrepreneurship and a lot of her programs, IXGN, and they're doing some great things. I met her years ago. We helped her actually put together her. 501c3 and uh, she uh, she's been rolling ever since and uh, she's had some stuff at uh, uh, Atlanta Technical College correct mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, have events and different things of that nature yeah most definitely well tell me about your project Eminette okay um, Ixoye Global Entrepreneurship Network for which the acronym is XGEN, it's easier to um, say XGEN than that long name, um, was created in 2011 to um, assist people who wanted to start their own business um, by providing um, resources, um, information, and training for those people. Our focus is on um, all ages, but especially um, among women and youth. And so um, two years later after we started, we um, introduced the Youth Empowerment Program, which is a summer program that we now do. And we attract um, middle school, high school, and um, post high school, some college students as well. We, we have separate programs for the um, school going um, participants and for the young adults. And so when, when a student comes in and they participate with the youth-based program, what, what can they expect to gain from being a part of it? Okay, to start off, the main purpose for um, starting this program was to give the young students another option for after they finish high school. Um, because uh, basically the two options are to get a job or go to college. Right. We're not against those options. They're great. But when they cannot achieve any of those, there is a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's why we see so many of the young people hanging about, not doing anything. So our program is to help them develop a mindset for starting out on their own if they cannot um, achieve either getting a job or going to college. So we teach them the, the basics of starting up a business on your own. Um, we, we teach them how they can look at themselves and see what creativity, what talent, what gift that they have inside of them and help to out? bring them out. Well, through um, um, interactive um, workshops and um, hands-on sessions that we have during the program. Also, we bring in experts, professionals, business people, experienced people from the community who help them to develop that sense of um, confidence in themselves so that they can look at what they are capable of doing and turn those ideas or, or skills into um, income-generating activities. Do you have any kind of examples of kids who 
after participating with you that they kind of had they had the opportunity to go out and start their own mm-hmm. thing and, and yes, uh, came as back a matter and told of you all fact, about it? Yes, we do. In fact, last the last summer at the end of the program, we even had a mini business expo of about seven of our participants, the current participants of 2014 and a few of those who had come previously. And we had um, a young girl um, who was doing cupcakes. She used to do it as a hobby, but when she came to our program, she realized that she could turn it into a business. And so now she she has a little business, and she instead of giving away the cupcakes, she's selling those right. cupcakes. Yeah, because it's and possible to do a, a, what do they call it, a cottage business where you don't have to have brick and mortar for a business like that. In, exactly. At least in some counties, you can actually have that be a legal, licensed business. Yes, yes, certainly so. And then we have a young lady. Um, in fact, she came from Africa, and as soon as she came, she joined the program. And um, in Af- back in Africa, she was making... Um, costume jewelry with beads and when she came here we taught her how she could turn that into a business and now she's actually having a business making um, beads and she does um, um, home parties to uh, attract her clients her mom helps her and um, then there's another young lady who um, had the hobby of using some plastic to make um, cell phone covers so that too has been turned into a business. And um, one more, during the um, summer program, we go on field visits to some businesses. And in one of those businesses that we went to, the guy has a warehouse where he sells all kinds of little things that some of my participants can invest as little as $20. So there was this young lady who we went to this business and she invested $20 in buying some air fresheners, you know, that you can use around the room and all that kind of stuff. And she has turned it into a business. In the first week, she sold everything she bought and then she went back and started buying. Wow, that's really awesome. So who do you kind of, who do you look for to participate in your program in terms of, is there a particular age group or who, who, who do you well, hope yes, to, to attract? Well, yes, depending on, on, on the program that I'm doing. For instance, this year, I'm doing middle and high schools from 13 years to 19 years old. So are you so interacting that's the target with the high market. schools and, and the schools around the area to yes, let them know we, you have we this? Go to, in fact, I was just coming from Claxton High School oh, great. before coming here. And I've already recruited like about, 10 of those students. Um, we, we have a limited um, target for this year, which is 25. We've already got about 10, so we're still looking for 15 more. And um, we go to schools. I usually try to go to the um, PTSs so that I can talk with the parents mm-hmm. because I find that um, the, the most successful youth entrepreneurs have their parents or family behind them. Sure. So I try to talk to those parents, encourage them to take an interest in the program, and then they can bring their kids to be recruited. It would, it would seem that you would start to get some pretty good adoption from the schools because they, not everybody's cut out to go to college. College isn't necessarily required to have success as an entrepreneur. Clearly, many of the people that have, yeah, have yes. built it, these businesses that are global and are top of the top of the stock exchange exactly never went so. To college. And what I found out, the reason why I actually started this program was back in 2011. I was participating in the Global Entrepreneurship Week. This is a worldwide celebration of entrepreneurs across the globe. And I went to some of the, the, the middle school and high school to talk to about the program. And then I realized they didn't even understand what I was talking about. Some of them have never heard about entrepreneurship. They know about business, but they don't know about entrepreneurship. And there is a slight distinction right there. So um, then I started interviewing them and finding out from them what they wanted. Most of the nine out of 10 said they wanted to have a job. So I said, well, no, this is not good enough. I, I need to bring entrepreneurship education. So I, I, I launched an advocacy for entrepreneurship to be included in the um, curriculum of middle schools and high schools. Unfortunately, that didn't go too far because there were some issues with the school system, but it's still very much on board. I would love to see entrepreneurship being taught in um, all the high schools, all the middle and high schools. When you're talking to 
students, mm -hmm. what are the key things that you're trying to distinct, distinguish for them as it relates to kids saying, I want to have a job, which is, you know, that's great that, that someone wants to go and, and be productive in, in the workforce, but distinguish that from being an entrepreneur for them when you're talking to them. What are you trying exactly. to make sure um, they understand? Like, for instance, this morning I, I spoke to like about three or four classes at the Claxton High School. And what I said to them was that, okay, you want to go and get a job, even for summer. Some of them are looking to get in jobs rather than going to a program like this. But I told them that getting a job is a temporary fix. You get the money, you do the job. But the key thing there is that you're helping to develop somebody else's right. dream not yes. yours. Yes. So what is your own dream? Why don't you pursue your own dream, develop it, and make a success of it? So I explained to them that when you go and get a job, you get the money okay, but at the end of the day, you can never get the wealth right. that you will get from owning your own business. And that sort of like, you know, gets their attention. And the fact that when I tell them they're developing somebody else's dream other than their own. <laughs> some I'm sure of that them. resonates. <laughs> yeah. Do you talk about the, the possibilities of failure? Because clearly many entrepreneurs have to do that several times. I know I've done that in the past. I, I sure. didn't know anything about having enough capital to work with. So I was Ex on the eat to kill basis. And Me too. pretty yeah. soon I was out of business because you know there. go through a patch where you're not making uh, revenue for a few weeks and well, a few days. Well, and I... Don't yes, I, I touch on that and explain to them that not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur or even a business owner because otherwise we will never have any employees. Right. So, <laughs> so Somebody's so got to be an employee. Somebody has got to be the worker and somebody has got to be the person hold, holding the stick. But the, but the point at issue is that... <laughs> 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 no, but the point at issue is that this training will also equip them for jobs, career in you know the, the, the job market, because we, we teach them leadership skills. Even on a job, like I explained to them, if you're on a job, the most successful employee is the one that approaches the job from that business ownership perspective. Yeah, if you're treating the job <coughs> like it's your own, you tend to be more successful yeah, right. than somebody who doesn't care and say, oh, after all, it's just for the pay I'm here, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I explain those things to them and tell them that not everybody can be an entrepreneur, but the training we give can equip you to be more of a success on a job yeah. than if you don't get this uh, kind that's, of training. That's great to know because I think that that's, those are the... I've been certainly an employer on a number of occasions and, and a manager. Mm -hmm. And when you get those people that they do just that, they, they, they are an employee, but they act like they, they internalize what you're doing as a business and they, they go the extra mile that mm. on their interpersonal interactions with your clients, for example, exactly. they take that seriously and they, they work on the customer service thing. They have a good work ethic and all those types of things. Those yes. can lend themselves to a fine career path exactly. that ends up paying very nicely that perhaps maybe later on they have acquired enough experience and knowledge that they can then come back to the possibilities of doing an entrepreneurial effort at, at some yeah. point. So uh, it's great uh, that they're learning that now. Yes. Another thing is that um, even for some careers as, entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, you need to have that experience, that on-the-job experience. So mm -hmm. we are not excluding the job aspect. For some people, you need to go and get that couple of years of training experience before you actually launch on your own to make sure that your chances of success are greater. So how long does the youth empowerment program go through the summer? Okay, it's, it's for six, six weeks, six Saturdays. It's a one day a week thing because this is an empowerment training. This is also an awareness raising training. Although we do have handsome exercises, and this year, for example, we're going to introduce STEM, the um, science, technology, and engineering, and math component into it. Last year, we only had engineering. Um, but this year, we're going to all the way into the STEM program. It's for six Saturdays, and um, throughout those six Saturdays, we have interactive workshops and programs. We have field trips, and um, at the end of the six weeks, there is a graduation ceremony where the participants 
can um, they will receive a certificate, a graduation certificate. And for those students who um, desire to have their the hours logged in so that it, because it's also a, a community activity. So for some students and some schools, they, they can log that, those hours that they spend with us as community involvement. We're talking with Eminent Mason of Exoia Global Entrepreneurship Network, or XGen for, for short, uh, talking about the uh, cool program that they have for the young people in the community to kind of teach them about entrepreneurship and then also helping them acquire kind of a mindset that will make them effective even if they are uh, employed at some point in, in, a, in a job that would uh, give them a greater likelihood of maybe being able to advance professionally and, and build on their, their work ethic and their sense of responsibility so that they can climb the ladder, if you will, and still achieve at a high level, even if they're not an entrepreneur, but they are uh, someone in the workforce. So that's really great. Are there other parts of your program or project that you that you provide beyond the youth empowerment? Oh, yes. Um, um, in fact, I'm, I'm working very hard now to make sure that this um, X-Gen is not regarded as just a youth right, program. Right. It's not a youth program. It's entrepreneurship for all ages. So we do have um, other programs um, for adults, young adults and older adults. Um, like a couple of years or so ago, um, I did a business expo with the um, Atlanta Technical College where we brought together resources that business owners um, could access to either um, grow their, their businesses or fund their businesses. We bought, brought in people like the, the SBA, some banks. I was wondering um, about the SBA. Yes, the S oh yeah, the SBA resources. is a big part of my, they, they, my one of my biggest all sponsors. All mentorship and all that. That's yes, great. in fact, just two Wednesdays or so ago, um, we celebrated the National Small Business Week, which was initiated several years ago by the SBA. And um, I brought together a group of like about 20 or 20 plus women business owners and got somebody from the SBA to come and educate them about how they can become eligible for government federal contracts uh -huh. justified. A lot of these businesses cannot get the percentage of um, um, social responsibility that are you talking about like a minority uh, a minority business enterprise kind of opportunities uh, yes talking about? Okay. yes and but they they do need to be certified right and so the lady from the SBA came and told us about all the 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 different kinds of certifications that are out there and um, some of these women they were just in awe they didn't even know that they had to be certified to get some of those contracts we have those programs and then we have other workshops and you know sometimes um, seminars and things like that and i do partner with uh, a lot of um, um other economic development um, um, players like the colleges, like um, the the county. The county recently launched um, um, DeKalb County. I mean, um, recently launched um, a group of businesses that are involved in economic development for youth. They call it the DeKalb County Youth Alliance program. So um, we are involved in some of those community activities, and we do um, make a lot of inputs into those. So you were, you were part of the Pitch the Crowd program. How did you get involved with that and, and talk about that experience? Oh, that was a great experience. And um, it happened that a few weeks prior to that Pitch the Crowd, I attended a similar event that was organized by Sion, the Toyota people. Yeah. And um, I was just a guest. And um, I said in my mind, oh, this would be a good opportunity. Little did I know that it was coming down the road for me. A few weeks later, um, JL contacted me frantically. I mean, I need you. I, I have something great for you. So did you oh, all know God. each other previously then? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I got JL was the one who helped me when I was um, trying to set up my 501c3. He, he helped me to do that uh, very professionally, effectively, in the shortest possible time. Through Business Service Pro? We did. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he invited me to that event, and I went there together with my colleagues here today. And um, I pitched my business, and I had a lot of 
um, compliments about the program and um, some interest in, 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 in my program from the people who attended. And um, um, so far I've launched the, my CrowdRise account, which I'm hoping will soon begin to generate some, some revenue for me. But it was a great experience and a great opportunity. In fact, I, ha I called him several times to tell him how much I appreciated that. Because um, um, people don't know about some of us unless you go through programs like this. Right. You know, no matter how much advertising you do, they see the ad in the paper, but they don't really get the feel of it until they right. are able to meet with you or hear you speak. Yeah, or here we about can talk about it Exactly. Here. Right. So that, that was very, very good opportunity for all of us who participated. So as a not-for-profit that's trying to help budding uh, young and older mm -hmm. uh, adult entrepreneurs, where do your expenses come from that, that, so that somebody who's listening to us today and they're thinking, how can I help them? Where, where, do you, where do you find your expenses come from? I'm sure that some of the speakers that you bring in and some of the events you hold is going to cost you money, whether it's for the space or, or having to potentially pay to have somebody come and, and, and provide some editing. So yes. Um, um, basically, our expenses come from mostly the materials that we provide free of charge to the participants. I see. And um, we also would like to give some, you know, handsome honorarium to some of the speakers who come to us, but we are not able to do that because of um, inadequate um, resources. And um, another thing is that we would like to have a place of our own where we can have all year round um, training. We cannot do that now because we don't have, you know, a space of our own. We cannot afford to rent um, a commercial space at this point. So um, those are some of the things. And then, um, for instance, during the programs, we provide T-shirts and book bags and things like that for the participants. And th that costs money. Have some of the... Uh faith-based organizations in the city, do they work with you at all to allow you to maybe hold an event there or anything like that where that you Well, I have, have a space? great, yes, I have a great partner with a partnership with a church on Columbia Drive. It's called Peace Lutheran Church. And we've been partners ever since I started this program because when I was looking for space, I went to the church, introduced me to the pastor. And as soon as I, you know, described to him what I wanted to do. He came on board right away. And ever since then, that's where we've been having the program. And through that church, we've also um, been blessed with funding from the parent organization for three years. I see. So what, what kind of funding goals are you trying to reach? Well, for this year, we're trying to reach um, a, a goal of 22,000. At minimum, if we exclude certain things, 15,000. Okay. And then later on in the year, we have another big project coming on for which we are looking to get in like about 10,000 to hold that program. That will be an offshoot of this summer's program because it will be a business expo for youth. And tell folks how they can find out more about you. I'm gonna, I wanna jump over here and talk to Deontay a little bit about uh, the indie. Tell folks how they can get linked up with you either to be a participant in your programs that you're offering or uh, if there's some of those folks that maybe have some resources they'd like to be able to contribute for yes, you. Yes, by all means. Okay, first and foremost, we have a website. And the name of the website is, the address is www.xgeninc.org. That's I-X-G-E-N-I-N-C.org. We also have um, a account which is um, okay, Facebook. Okay, let me go to the Twitter. Twitter is Ixoye Global for the for the Twitter account. The Facebook is facebook.com slash slash And then I'm also on LinkedIn. Now if people do want to contact us, you can go directly to our website. We have a, a phone and contact um, a box there where you can get in touch with us. We also have a PayPal button that you can, you know, click on Donate. if you yeah. want to make a donation. And recently, I also have CrowdRise on my website. So they can access us 
they can access the donation through CrowdRise by going to our website. Gotcha. So a lot of contacts can be made through exchangeinc.org. And uh, so, Deontay, share with me a little bit about the Indie Film Loop. Well, hello. How you doing? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Radio voice together. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, you're bringing it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I'm the manager partner of the Indie Film Loop. Uh, the, the Indie Film Loop is pretty much a, a film conference and creative showcase. And I know most of you guys hear mostly about film festivals these days where their priority is actually to, to, to focus on the end result, which is the films. So you got Nashville Film Festivals, Atlanta Film Festivals, Cleveland International Film Festival. All these film festivals are great. Uh, but we're trying to do something a little different than that. So what we want to do is actually focus on the creative individuals that make up the filmmaking process. And so in, when you're going down that path, what are you trying to do? Help them understand what it takes to make the films? Or what's the focus there on the individuals? I would say all of the above. So you have two phases, you, or two aspects. You have some of the individuals who are trying to get into the business and trying to find out how to get into the business, what the connections they need to make, how to network, who to collaborate with so forth and so forth. You have the other side where there's people who are ready to a certain extent to be a, far a part of the film industry but still need that foot in the door. So as a producer, as a director, uh, knowing other producers and casting directors, we always put out a, a casting call or crew call saying, hey, sure. submit your info, we'll, we'll look at it, we'll get back to you. This is kind of a way of building a platform for these individuals to actually be seen with, within their creative uh, avenues and it's kind of showcasing their portfolio right, right on the spot so we're going to do competitions with monologue competitions we're going to do uh, special effects makeup uh, competitions we're going to do uh, composers competitions so we have all these different competitions that way we're building their highlight reel mm -hmm. per se mm -hmm. I, I went to the competition they had at strong box west and it was really good. I mean, I had an opportunity to see some of the composers that they had. That They had a, probably about three or four composers that mm -hmm. were doing scores and things for films. Mm -hmm. And I got to see all them with their actual scores there. And it was really, really cool. And then we also saw one of the winners from the monologue, right. Sosa. He did right. a great job. And so we got to kind of see a lot of those good things. So now what he's talking about, we're, this is our inaugural year. So part of that is getting the word out, of course. Sure. Uh, but again, with Georgia and the Southeast in general being a, a, a hot box for the film industry, yep. great avenue to actually start this year. So it's going to be at the Cobb Galleria, uh, August 7th, 8th, and 9th. Uh, what JR was just mentioning, our monthly month uh, events that we're doing is kind of like segmented, like little small snippets of what we're going to do in August. Sure. And you got one coming up in June, right? Yeah, June 6th. June 6th is our special effects makeup uh, competition, a little s small something, uh, along with our monologue competition as well, too. So we're bringing that back because actors, of course, are the biggest part of the industry. So we got to make sure we cater to them a little bit, you know, I don't say more, but a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So do, do you basically, is it morphs and you're giving them the platform through which they can demonstrate some of their skills or are there also resources there for someone who says I've not been in the industry I've not done m makeup or special right. effects for example but I want to is there a resource for them to be able to kind of gain some of that experience or definitely. get some some training definitely definitely uh, like I said it's, it's, it's think of it two ways uh, you have your competitions and then you have your aspect where people may not be necessarily good enough or think they're not good enough to be a part of competitions. So we have our workshops, we have our panel discussions, we have our keynotes, we have our things going on that they can still come and learn, which is the, the key part because, of course, we're hearing now that Georgia in general is saying that the talent pool isn't, you know, isn't there, for, which is why L.A. and New York, they're all bringing their talent from, from there, mm -hmm. which is true but not true. The talent is here. The experience, just, the experience is part. Yeah. yeah. So then, we, what, we're, what we're trying to do is actually prime these individuals for all these dandelion productions coming up everywhere, uh, so that they can be ready for everything. So again, we, we want to actually teach them and give them those avenues of learning, and again, also networking, collaborating with others going on as well too. And then the competition part is, of course, the ones that okay, I think I'm ready. <laughs> Put me in front of everybody. <laughs> Talking with Deontay no Trundle <laughs> of Indie Film Loop. And tell me about the, your background. How did you get to where you're doing this here with the Indie Film Loop? 
So, <laughs> I am a creative person myself. Uh, I'm actually a visual artist. Um, I went to Cleveland School of Arts. So I go back for a quick second. I went to Cleveland School of Arts from sixth grade to I graduated from high school. So, being a visual artist and being at an art school, I've learned and been taught all things art, and I've always also been around all things art, from drama major majors to film to photography to mu musicians, ensemble, et cetera, et cetera. So always been around these creative individuals. The one thing I've always knew or found out that the one thing that's lacking is that they don't know how to market themselves. So they can be the best talent in the world, but if nobody knows who they are, they're not going to be the best talent in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, so after I graduated, I don't want to have anything to do with art. <laughs> <laughs> you know how you get taught something for somebody else like, oh, something else but and I find myself back into art just by finding out about graphic design and brand design so took some classes in that found out that I loved it because I can mix the, the creative side and be technical which is what I love as well too and end up getting my visual communications degree have my marketing or branding company uh, started that in 2004 and again, my passion has always been film. And my philanthropic mind always wanted to give back to other creatives. So now it's been a progression. Like you said, entrepreneurs go through that phase where you try so many different things. And right. you need that one to like, okay, maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm to the point now to where I can give back to creative individuals because film is the one art medium that encompasses all other art forms. So you have your music, you have your visual, you have your, you know, your every, everything art but it's also streamlined to one focus. So that makes it a lot easier because my other company, what my Generation Next Entertainment Company, was about giving back to individuals or creative individuals and giving them that platform, but it was still too broad because so many different arts, of course. Yeah. Still too broad. So again, the indie film loop, but now what Generation Next was just more. So did you close that business down? Did you sell it? What happened to that? Is it still around? It's still What's going. It's actually the production company. Well, so it's the production company that actually, you know, puts together the films. Of course, in this entertainment as well, too. Then I have my branding company, uh, which helps market. That's kind of like my day-to-day -day job, almost. <laughs> yeah. So I, I run that, but luckily I have uh, great people who are on board with me, as far as my project manager, my business analyst, you know, to help keep, keep things going while I'm able to focus a lot more on, on the indie film loop because it's still... And the film will end up being the umbrella for everything else that's going on. So even with our team, our, our committee, have a wonderful committee, about 10 to 15, and a steady growing. And it's all about networking and collaborating. So I worked with these people before as well, too. So being able to work with people before, which is kind of the idea of Indie Film Loop, you're able to bring them on to other things going on as far as either paid client work or just big projects, whatever the case may be, because we've worked with each other before. So again, that's what the indie film was about too. Like the more you can see what what somebody can do, then work with them and talk to them and connect with them. Being a business person, we all know that nobody wants to do business with somebody they don't know. Sure. <laughs> and, and and as we were talking with Eminette earlier about uh, you know budding entrepreneurs and challenges, talk about some of the experiences you had as you've gone through this first year of your business, trying to get it off the ground, and obviously putting together a festival where it's going to be well attended, where it's going to be. Uh, stocked with good talent uh, or, mm -hmm. or interesting people that's going to make people want to come and, and, and be there. Talk about that process. Well, the, the part of, like we talked about the competition slightly earlier, the competition part, we have a submission process. So that way they still have to work hard to get where they want, want to be at. And we're not just going to give anybody the platform to be showcased because Although people are coming up and want it and are good or can be better, you know, everybody's always fine-tuning. So that gives us an avenue to be like, okay, we're showcasing some of the best of the best who are ready to be in front of everything going on. Uh, so that's part. That, that's that, that part. Uh, the other part, the challenges, with any first-year event, with any first business, with any, you know, there's always those challenges where you believe you can do it, but it's all about seeing it happen. And making sure that you plan out the process right to where, you know, you, you're you planning for the worst, which you need to do because the worst will happen <laughs> somewhere or another. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but you prepare for it when it comes. Right. So that's the bigger part. And with this inaugural year, like, of course, as it gets bigger, that's the plan. Uh, we're going to be able to pull in a lot of bigger uh, entities to be a part of it, partner-wise, sponsorship-wise. But I know that you have to show and prove first. Well, one thing I want to add that I think uh, you've done very well, and I want to compliment you for it, you've done a good job bringing on the right people to be a part of your team. 
and uh, he's partnered with uh, Gabe and them at the 48-hour film mm -hmm. uh, uh, festival, which is actually the second uh, oldest in the nation and one, I think, the fourth largest. And uh, and so he's done a great um, uh, thing to partner with them. Uh, uh, we've had an opportunity to uh, do some things. He came and sat down with me right right in the beginning stages. So I think D has done a good job, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, kind of just trying to do all themselves. He's realized okay. something and I think is very uh, um, 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 smart of him to pull on other people right. to help yep. make it happen. So that, that's so one of the keys to focus success. Expertise. Yeah. Partnership. Exactly. Let me say too, like mm -hmm. saying we go back to the networking part where you just mentioned the 40-hour film festival, which we was able to actually this year be uh, pres official presenting sponsor for the 40-hour film festival. It's third in the in the, in the the country, fourth in the wor in an international you know, in the world. Uh, but I've, I was able to jump in full in in 2009 for the 48 Hour Film Festival. Uh, and then, long story short, we ended up was able to win five awards from that. So we was That's able to help your, yeah. your process. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So we was able to actually represent the, the city of Atlanta at the Film Film Palooza in Vegas the following year. Now we didn't win there, but again, the overall experience of being able to say that we. Will, you know, did sure. did that yeah. for his first year. It was just amazing. Yeah. But keeping that connection there with Gabe and Paula and just through the years, I've, we've done it as well, too. Uh, we kind of know each other. And when I brought them the idea, they was like, oh, that sounds wonderful. Because that's all what they're about, too, as far as networking, collaborating, bringing teams together. Uh, so that was another thing about just ne networking. Are you finding some interest and some traction with the film industry as as we have here in Atlanta, obviously it's on the rise, and certainly every you turn around, everywhere yeah. you turn around, you see these signs for crew and everything because they're shooting shots mm -hmm. and films all over the place. I mean, again, that's why we want to do it in Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah be on the rise. Uh, right, it's the time right. to be doing it. You're right. Right, like I said, we we've mentioned this a few times now, of course, and a lot of people more likely knows us by now. But the film industry generated 5.1 billion dollars last year alone. Wow. And again, a lot of these individuals who are not in the industry but want to be in it. Again, we're pro providing that platform for them to kind of get a little insight of how to, you know, get in. Whether it's unions, whether it's expertise, whether it's you know, these connections, what have you. It's like I said, it's it's, a, it's an ideal place right now. And we've been getting a lot of traction just because the idea itself. Me being a great person, I, I want to be different, stand out from whatever I'm doing. Now, like I said, film festivals in general, they showcase the film, they have their workshops and panel discussions, but it's not really focused on. The behind the scenes part right. because that's the main. Uh, without that, you don't have a film. Yeah. I, I, I saw something when I was at uh, Pizza. I mean, uh, Papa John's. He said, uh, you know, the the good the 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 uh, the, um, the pizza doesn't start in the kitchen. <laughs> it, it starts on the vine. <laughs> and I think he's talking about the ingredients. Mm -hmm. And yep, I yep. think that's one thing that Deontay is yeah. focusing on the ingredients right. that make up what he's doing. From right. what I understand, you're getting ready to do a Kickstarter campaign we coming are. up in June. Talk about we that are. real quick before we, we have to jump over here and talk okay. to Mark. Okay, like I said, we did the pitch the crowd to kind of get the word out about that as well, too. So on June uh, 8th, we want to start a Kickstarter program, which we kind of want to raise uh, $5,000 because, of course, with our competition winners, we want to be able to give them, you know, the notoriety of saying, oh, they won, they're the top sure. of their class. But money all, always helps as well, too. Sure. So to be able to give, you know, some, some type of monetary funds to these individuals, it helps, you know, put the word out in the marketing sense as a business guy. And on the other side, it's, it's helping them out as well, too, because I say we want to give yeah. back as well, too. And, you know, that's just one of the ways. But that's just, you know, one plat plateau. Our stretch goals is actually, you know, be able to do more for us to fill the space out. Uh, so we have these 7,500, we have 10,000, we have 15. And actually, next year, if we reach our $15,000 goal, we'll actually be able to incorporate a film industry career fair which I think would be huge for, for the Southeast and Georgia in Giving general. them pointers on how to get into different mm -hmm. aspects of filmmaking and, and uh, entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. All different vendors and everything, yeah. That's cool. Um, tell people how they can get in, involved with your with your programs if they're folks that aspire to be a part of the film industry. Mm -hmm. Well, call me. No. <laughs> no, rather, matter of fact, just <laughs> look us up on social uh, media, of course. This is a grassroots marketing year. Uh, but everything is Indie Film Loop, so okay. I-N-D-I-E. Film loop, and that's Twitter, that's Facebook, that's Instagram. It's streamlined. It kind of helps. Um, oh, and yeah, and the website. So indiefilmloop.com. 
because there's I know there's uh, blog posts out there. I was mm-hmm. that's how I found out about your event coming up uh, here in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of great information there about some of the things you got going on. Yeah, so this is just a preliminary uh, website as well too. We're actually in the background building the main site for the conference and everything too. But this is for the monthly events or workshops or things of that nature too. Oh, but yeah, June sixth, mile law competition. Want to win a hundred dollars? Come on, come on out. (laughs) (laughs) Deontay Trundle with Indie Film Loop. And coming up next, we've got Mark Kano of the Georgia Cosmetology Educators, and he also was a part of the Pitch Pitch the Crowd uh, opportunity that they had uh, a few weeks ago. Talk about that. How did you come to be involved with that and talk about the process? What made you think this is something we need to do? Well, I guess it's more about timing. Um, I ran across the, uh, the the site, the group online, and JR had put out, you know, a bulletin. If you've got an idea and you're looking to raise crowdfunding, I was like, well, okay, so this, this this sounds about right. So I sent in the business plan. I sent in the information, and I was fortunate enough to be one of the pers- you know, first group of uh, individuals to get chosen to kind of take this thing out for a spin. And talk about the Georgia Cosmetology Educators. Your what, what's your focus and, and, and what well, are you trying to do in that space? It's post-secondary education in cosmetology, arts, and sciences. So it's a cosmetology school. Okay. Right? We're going to be offering you know cosmetology, esthetician or skin, barbering, um, makeup, nails. And the idea there and the focus is the edu- on providing a curriculum that will be tops and that will actually provide a skill set where the student that comes in can actually go out and start producing and making a living. And how did you get involved in in the cosmetology space have you been working in in that arena for a while or what's your story well long story short um my wife's been in the business for over 25 years and about five years ago she was approached because of her experience and her reputation in south florida to help open a cosmetology school professionally business-wise i mean i used to raise venture capital back in the late 90s and i used to write business plans all the time and i never thought that a cosmetology school would be profitable until i got to watch my wife involved in one from groundbreaking all the way through building it out, setting it up, and getting you know the students in. And I had an opportunity to look at the business model that way. And I was like, wow, why isn't everybody doing this? And that kind of started the ball rolling. And um, we left South Florida to actually come up to Atlanta and help establish one of those uh, schools. Okay, so you had some experience. You actually got an opportunity to see one kind of grow. Yeah. And, and that made and you think, wow, what a cool business. Yeah, she's owned a salon before. We've owned a mobile spa business just recently in the Johns Creek area. We, we owned a medical spa. So it comes with a little bit of background and experience. Um, and plus myself with my background in investment banking finance, it's kind of the perfect team, if you will. Mm-hmm. Operationally and financially, we, we kind of joined forces. We were both entrepreneurial. And we said, "This has got to, We got to get this done one way or another." So now, tell me about your getting linked up with Jr. Here, how did did you know him already, or how did you become familiar with? No, what they it, were doing? it was just I, I want to call it a, a a fortunate moment for me that I came across Jr. and he kind of reached out, and you know we started exchanging and communicating back and forth, and um, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind because it's happened real quick, but here we are, and you know we're fired up and excited, and we're, we want to keep pushing. So when you went to the program to to pitch the crowd, what what's the big thing that you're looking to do? Is it is it funding for brick and mortar? What are you trying it, it to do? It is. It's a brick gain? and mortar school. Uh, the basic model is about 10,000 square feet. It is a franchise model, so it's a proven model with 33 schools already out in the U.S. It's endorsed by Redken International. I mean, they don't have any ownership in any of the schools, but their curriculum is based on their standards, which are pretty high. Right, right. So, you know, it, it was one of those uh, opportunities and situations where we can do something that's really different here in the Atlanta market as far as the education and making sure that the students that come through are actually ready to perform and make a living. The biggest, uh, you know, pet peeve, comp, you know, uh, complaint with salon owners not only here but nationally, is that most of the students that come out from a lot of the schools have only gained enough experience to actually acquire their license and not to go on and actually make a living. Yeah, not yet artists, if you will. They're not yet artists. So what we're going to do is actually start introducing some of the advanced curriculum, actually teach them business building because, I mean, these students need to understand they're their own individual business owners. And we're going to teach them not only the skill set to be artists, 
to actually make a living, but also how to conduct themselves and be profitable in the process. I need to link you up with Liz Coven over at Vivid Hair Salon. She's a friend of ours. She was on my show. I got to feature her not too long ago. But that's one of the things that she's doing for the folks that come through her salon. Is, is And she talked about that fact is that people come in and they don't necessarily understand this. You really have to be, hey, you have to be an artist. You have to really continually develop your skills, but you really have to be the interpersonal element and, and having some There's measure a lot of accountability. There's a lot that goes into it. I mean, you know, people get into the industry because they're creative. They want to express themselves. They're artistic. But it's a business. It's, you know, and, and the problem with understanding that it's a business is that you go out and you think you've got a license and that, all right, I'm going to go start making, you know, 40, 50, 60, thousand dollars a year and <laughs> yeah. be a platform artist and unfortunately the fact is they get out into the real world right and you know the salon or takes a look at you know puts them to work and say all right let me see what what you know and they look at what they're doing and they ask them basic questions and when they when the student turns around with a blank face they're like you need to do about two or three more years of apprenticeship or right. you need to go pay for more education and what we're looking to do is make sure that the student comes out with the skill set already so we're our curriculum is going to be really different um, it's a little bit more advanced. A and the thing with students is they don't know the difference between basic and advanced. So we're going to start teaching advanced skill sets from the get-go and get them conditioned to actually be ready to become artists. Or at least, listen, survive. Get out in the real world, start making a living, and then continue to grow and educate yourself more. And so the you're, you're not actually up and running just yet no. you're you're in the process trying to get the space put together yeah we're doing the crowdfunding uh push to actually raise the venture capital to get the school going and get it launched and how much are you trying to raise well one million dollars is the uh max goal um that covers everything if we pay for it in cash there are financing options so while one million is desirable it's not the ultimate goal um and you know i'm going to approach it in steps and for you i mean where do you see this going? I mean, do you see this being, are, are you going to be a franchisor, if you will, where you're going to help other people get into this business where they're launching schools no, like you? No, the or? franchise already exists and it's okay, already being so you're, offered. So you're just doing it here locally? I'm just doing it you. here. Our goal is to become like, and I, and I tell my wife and I tell everybody I meet, I want to be the Harvard or gold standard of cosmetology education in the South. And my aspiration is to make it a destination school people from other states and say, well, I want to go to that place because they come out and, I mean, they're doing something different, something unique. And for us here, there's enough room in the, in the Atlanta market to actually not only open up one, but maybe two. I would imagine. And a third one. Where's your school going to be located? Uh, we're going to start out in Gwinnett County um, because, uh, again, there's demographics involved, there's need, uh, and that's the best place that we feel right now would offer us the best opportunity. Do you have places where people can go and get more information about your school and, oh, yeah. and all Th of that? There's tons of information on the internet on, on the actual franchise model itself, um, you know, the Salon Professional Academy, but the investment is in Georgia Cosmetology Educators. We're actually going to go out and buy that franchise. So as far as information, I mean, we, I have a, you know, you can email me at info at G-C-E-L-L-C-A-T-L dot info you want to go to the web, I set up a one-page web page with a video that I actually talk about the business model. It's at uh, bit.ly uh, slash G-C-E-L-L-C-10-K. And on there, if you like the video, it makes business sense, then you need to, you know, fill out the information. I'll get you an actual business plan. I'll get you the, the proper disclosure documents because this is going to be an equity raise. There's a couple of additional pieces of information that you want to have so that you're well informed. And then, obviously, you know, Twitter account. Everybody's using social media. Yeah, that's right. And it's at GA Cosmetology ED. Okay. And we'll make sure that we tie in with you there. And if you're listening and you've not done so yet, make sure you link in with the Midtown Business Radio X show on Twitter and Facebook at Midtown BRX. We tie in with all of our guests through their social media. Um, when you come back and check out the podcast later, it'll be linked into their website to all of their social media. So from the show's page, you'll be able to go right to their um, sources of information and, and uh, get what you need there, whether you're wanting to participate as an investor for one of these up-and-coming businesses or if you want to participate 
as a participant, uh, that you have an interest in either the film industry, you want to maybe attend this school when it gets off the ground, whatever the case may be, um, make sure you link in with us so that you can uh, tie in with these awesome guests. J.R. McNair, thanks so much for bringing these folks out, man. This is really cool today. Hey, man, CW, I appreciate it. We were amped and ready to go, and so yeah, we, we're here. And, and so we thank you for the opportunity once again. Well, it's uh, obviously a full studio, so we uh, run out of time really fast. Unfortunately, everybody always makes the clock move faster for whatever reason here. But uh, I'm tickled to get to meet all these people. I'm getting like a minor MBA by doing this show week in and week out. It's all the, all the cool entrepreneurs and business leaders that I get to meet. It's pretty cool. So uh, to all of our guests, uh, Mark Kano, Eminent Mason. Thank you. Dante Trundle and, of course, J.R. McNair, uh, thanks so much for taking some time thank to come you. by, tell a little bit about your story, and talk about what you all are doing here in the community. I really appreciate it. Make sure you make an appointment to see us in the same time, same, time, same place next week.